This is John Fraser, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Well, here we are. It is a week of cup ups and downs, a wonderful, well... Well, it was a win against Rotherham. I think think we've all woken up after that. But the faithful headed up to Liverpool for a game against the mighty Reds. It didn't quite go to plan, but it was a bit of a cracker. So I am delighted to say that I'm actually doing a show with J-Mac in the other seat. So that's going to be interesting. And we're joined by Kish, who we're probably going to gang up on because we're not used to not answering, asking all the questions for this one. But ladies and gentlemen... Welcome to your Fulham Focus podcast. I'm Boney. Let's get this thing going. Fulham. Gentlemen, here we are. This is this is all nice. It's it's a, I think the easiest thing to say is we're not going to talk about Rotherham because why? Um <laughs> but we're going to just sort of basically spend this whole pod talking about Liverpool and J-Mac have you prepared things to say other than just questions? Because I've done questions, so you're on your own, mate. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm just. I'm just happy the shackles are finally off, mate. I can. I can give my own opinions finally and just say what I really think of Focus and how crap we're paid as as hosts. So, but, <laughs> but no, I, I. I actually really wanted to come as a co-host because I had quite a an enjoy, well. I would say enjoyable. I, I. I was watching this with a Liverpool mate of mine, and it was. It was. He was okay. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, it, it was all right. I, I was nervous the whole day, and I was barely speaking throughout the match. And I only actually became more animated, annoyingly, when we started losing. Because when we started winning the game, I was just even more tense, even more nervous, and you know, just <laughs> losing a cup finals game after taking the lead and being good value. I mean, where have we heard that before? You know, and it's just I don't want to dabble on too long because it's just the introductory thoughts from me but because uh, otherwise we'll cover points that we're going to make later on but i we went in with a game plan and it nearly nearly worked um opportunities missed of course but i mean i'm very i would take the 2-1 and i think a lot of people are saying that uh, we kept it competitive we kept it tight and i'm i'm the fat lady hasn't sung yet she'll be there at the cottage on the balcony for sure but i mean yeah we we've still got a lot to play for and there's there's some magic in this to be done hopefully yeah, I'm pretty sure that lady had season tickets. Um, Kish, <laughs> you you were busy last night, like me, so you, you've caught up with the game later. But what do you have taken to one defeat going into that before the game? I, I mean, it's a it's a very full of mindset. But yes, I think I probably would have. I think the um, the sheer number of ab- absentees for for Liverpool and that news when it came through that Trent Alexander Arnold wasn't going to be playing probably made all of us dream for a bit more than that. But you know, one goal down, heading back to the cottage. It's still very much game on, and look, I spent most of yesterday feeling very jealous of everybody who who went up to to Anfield for the for the big game. I thought Fulham fans sounded fantastic, which is great to hear from the from the away end. And I was also jealous of them because they didn't have to listen to the commentary last night, which was absolutely appalling. So bad, <laughs> oh, so so bad. so bad. But I'm not going to moan about that. I think we should uh, take a lot of heart from how Fulham played, particularly in the first half. Liverpool don't lose at Anfield. Um, it, it doesn't happen. I think the last team that did it to them were Real Madrid. So one goal down, wow. back at the cottage. Mm. Who knows? 
I, I will add on to the commentary because I mean it just was it just the fact that the the, the Andreas Pereira one of just uh, oh he, you know it's a foul but he doesn't need to go down like that. I mean just, it was it was just so biased. And then later on, I think they were saying how Liverpool a Liverpool foul was uh, you know on their player was actually really clever. It just really irritated me. And I'm glad you mentioned the Fulham fans because they sung brilliantly throughout the whole game. And I've never heard. I know Anfield is a bit of a myth for his atmosphere, but my fucking god, it was so quiet. It was just so quiet. I know there are Carabao seats in there and tourists in the ground or whatever, different types of fans in there potentially, but it was just such a shit atmosphere. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm thrilled that the Fulham fans, you know, gave him what for in terms of noise. So going into the game, let, let's let's have a look at the squads here because Liverpool ravaged with injuries. We've got key players off to to Afcon as well. So so to so to Liverpool in, in Salah and things. I'm just going to mention him, and then we're not going to mention him again. That traitorous sod uh, was starting um, in in the front line. I might yeah. mention his name. Screw him. Um, he 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 was playing for Liverpool. Um, but again, Connor Bradley again filling in at the back, and I think they've got a bit of a player there. That kid looks. That kid looks the business. I don't know what you thought, Kish. Yeah, I thought he. Um, I thought he looked good when he came on against Arsenal, and I thought he looked good against us again. And look. That left-hand side for, for Fulham, Anthony Robinson pushing on, Willian, who I'm sure we'll talk about later, who before getting absolutely gassed was was fantastic. It's a real challenge and, and, and he did very well. And, you know, we all were excited that there was no Trent, but I think Liverpool at home is a very, very hard thing to come up against. And he seemed to fit right in with that, with the atmosphere and the sort of relentless nature of their season. They often look like they're not the better team in games and they often find a way to win. And he seems to have bought right into that. In our group chat, Jayback, there was a lot of debates on TC or Reed, and I know I, I was thinking Reed was going to start this. He did, and he had an absolute stormer. I thought, um, yeah, because they we were under the cosh from the off. I think that was good. I know, I know, poor old Danny was not happy when, <laughs> when Reed <laughs> popped up. But what what did you think of our squad going? Because given given that we had no Bassi. Um, yeah. And others, and I think Bassi was the one that I was most upset that we were going to lose for this game. What was your feeling about the the squad when it was announced? I really liked the lineup. I, I thought Harrison Reed should have started this game. I think Tom Kenny is someone that you bring on, as was Marcus Silva's plan when things were going so well to actually hold on to a lead and start controlling the tempo of the game. Uh, Tom Kenny is someone I think we'll probably use at Chelsea and as someone I think will maybe start at the cottage, but not at Anfield, despite the, you know, the, the injuries that Kish mentions. I think Reed was actually brilliant this game. And, and something that I don't really understand is in terms of stats, in terms of sometimes just general public opinion, is that some people think that certain players had a very bad game. Paulinho, for instance, I thought he was brilliant. But Harrison Reed was just, I mean, for instance, his his stats on some of these websites, I mean, he's actually the lowest in places like SofaScore with 6.1 rated. And I just thought, I don't really understand how they're measuring all this because he looked to me like an absolute beast throughout the whole game and he was even unwell apparently according to Silver at the start of the game uh, start of the, the day in fact um, Harrison Reed was was great and he still played on after his dead leg at half time so I was really I was really really impressed with him and I thought it was the right thing to do just because even though of their injuries it's Anfield it's, it, we needed to be we needed to be pragmatic and we were because of our system I think maybe Kish can enlighten me here but I think we were playing almost like a five five at the back on the off the ball. So I mean we, we were very compact and Harrison Reed is what you need for that sort of system and that sort of game plan. Um I was surprised not to see Kenny Tete, 
to be honest, because I thought he would be brilliant in this sort of counter-attacking, sort of a bit more one-on-one challenge sort of dynamic. But Castagna, again, just keeps on proving to me that he's been just as good as Tete this season, if not better. But yeah, I, I overall, long answer, sure, I like the lineup a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was in the camp that thought Kenny would start um, simply because I feel that Kenny, Willian, and Robinson down the the left hand side defensively against Arsenal put in a shift that I didn't see coming, and I wondered if that meant he'd be trusted to to do the defensive work. But I think it was it was a wise choice from Marco to to stick Harrison Reed in there. I thought he did very well on on his rating on various apps and stuff like that. I think it's just a case of he's a player that so much of what he does is intangible. He's it's the work rate, it's the movement, it's the the covering for other people. He makes other players around him rate better in those things and he perhaps doesn't get the credit he deserves for it, but I thought he put in a great shift. Um tactically, yes, I think we did drop back into a five at times that made a lot of sense and also I think Willian was Left, left inside a bit more to sort of get on the ball earlier with Robinson going on the outside rather than the inside. That makes a lot of sense away from home. I think Marco Silva very much saw this as the first half of the game and he and he treated it as such. And I think as fans, we should probably be thinking about that in the same way as well. He's got us to half-time in with a shout and that's a pretty good place to be. Because they came out of the blocks at pace, Liverpool, didn't they? And they were, yeah. they were targeting that channel through to Tosin. They weren't letting us play out through him like we normally do. That was clearly something that they, they'd planned for. My, I was out and about for the first half last night. My phone was just lots of Liverpool, 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 goal, Fulham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> and it, it, was nuts, it was a bit it? like that, wasn't it? I thought it's, it's weird because everyone talks about how maybe we bottled this game and how, you know, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have lost, but I do feel like it was very... I mean, this game was incredibly cagey to me. I, I don't think it was... I felt like we really got away with just it just being 2-1 by the end of it. You can talk about the jamminess of the deflection, which we'll come on to for the goal that we first conceded. But I, 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 even though we scored early on, it was just due to obviously a Van Dijk error, who, by the way, always seems to have an error in his pocket when we play against him, which I love. But yeah, I... I we were completely with our backs against all the whole time and we relied so much on our counter-attack and it nearly worked so many times. We just made some really bad decisions in the final third of actually, you know, scoring those goals and which I mean we'll come on to with certain individuals who are getting maybe a bit too much criticism at the moment, I think. Uh, I mean, on on the opening opening to the game, I just think... um... I think it was right to say that there was there was a plan from Liverpool to to put pressure on Tosin. I mean, he's got he's got Diop out of position slightly next to him, who's less less good on the ball anyway. And I think that there was a huge amount of emphasis put on him passing the ball forwards out the back. And at times it went wrong, and at times it looked poor. But I think some of the fans online who sort of seemed to think he was having a shocker, I don't agree. I think that there was a huge huge burden on him. And you know, Marco wants him to pass forwards. That's that's his job. And when he gets it wrong, we can't suddenly pretend he's he's not the player we've been seeing for the last four weeks. I think, you know, we've we've got to stick by him so long as he's still here. Yeah, <laughs> I I think the thing that epitomize the way we've been playing for the last few months is capitalizing on opportunities and we will come to missed opportunities later clearly because that's all everyone's talking about but that first goal is one that we've seen that switching into a high press putting pressure on a it wasn't a loose throw in uh from who was it gomez took it on the, on, on the um, on the side wasn't it but it was just one of those things that okay we'll we'll play it safe and start out and bang Fulham were on top of it and 
William does William things, you know, how, however old he, he gets, he seems to still have that ability to just see, seize it. J Mac, what, what was, what was your thought about that? Cause it, it was literally yeah. something out of nothing. And that was lovely to see again. It, it was completely just, you know, when the, it reminded me a bit of Pereira's goal against Arsenal, but that was more in terms of the surprise from that was that it was only about 20 seconds fucking in when he scored it. But in this, in, in this regard, it was like, because like you mentioned of all the pressure, it just seemed like it was going to be Liverpool a thousand shots on target at, to, compared to three from us. So it was just a perfect counter-attack from the high press that you say. I thought that, I, I thought that Williams' goal was actually really, really good. I mean, it's a really nice finish. It's just, I love a nutmeg, um, especially on Van Dijk. And it's just, it looked it looked really, really good. And I, I just, it's just such a shame we didn't capitalise on it. But I, I thought this, the, the build-up to the goal was brilliant. And I'm just such, I'm just a bit lost for words how, how we just couldn't really make more of the chances that we had. But yeah, it was it was a fine goal. And um, I just thought William actually, in general, this game had... Brilliant shift. Um, I think actually, Kish, you've mentioned this already on your on your Twitter page, but it's just there's he busted a gut so much in this game, up and down, even for his defensive work. And I feel like actually we, we need might need to save him for the next game against Chelsea because we are so low on wingers at the moment. But yeah, uh, just really good goal, and just it's just a shame we couldn't have done it a bit more. It is it is a great example also of I think just the ball breaking to the right player because there was a lot to do there and it needed some balance it needed some composure and I can't think of anybody else on the pitch who'd want to find it in that situation I mean he's been fantastic for us I, I mean he clearly loves Marco Silva he clearly hated Arsenal I don't I don't know what the, what the difference is but I feel like he can go on and on for us if we use him sparingly and we give him some rotation so that he's not relied on quite as much as we are at the moment but yeah, what a moment. And, you know, great for the fans who trekked up to Liverpool. All you want as an away fan against a big team is that moment where it makes you think, this is on. And it really was on. And like I've been saying throughout the pod, I think it still is on. I, I fancy us to have a real good go when we get them back here. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to that. Let's, 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 let's save our, our hopes and dreams for, for later in the pod. Because I, I've, you, you shared out um, William's heat map and, it clearly shows what we all saw. It, it was a very defensive performance from the whole team. Everybody was was putting in a shift a bit further back than they probably would have wanted to. But from looking back at it and 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 th- thinking on and pondering it, there wasn't a lot of clear cut chances that you thought, oh, we got lucky there, or at least I didn't, Jamie. I, I, I don't know about you for that rest of that first half. I, th- I thought we were we were pegged back, but we knew because we were goal up, counter-attacks were on. So, and that might've been in the back of the Liverpool players' minds as well. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It just, our game plan just was perfect, but just, it just came undone in the second half and we'll come onto that in a minute. But just, I thought the way we reacted after the goal, I didn't really feel like actually, I didn't, I mean, they had chance after chance, but I didn't feel like they were going to score. We, it's what's so weird about it was in the first half, we felt like such a completely different type of animal compared to the second. Once we scored, they were still coming at us, but I had complete faith that they weren't going to. I felt like we were much more organised, and it was in the second half when our heads went down, everything started changing, and Robinson was being turned inside out, etc., etc. But yeah, I, I thought... I just don't think Liverpool had actually any answers. I thought, to be honest, they were actually really, really poor in the first half in general. Hmm. The... 
the worry was, because we've mentioned him already, Harrison Reed was throwing himself around everywhere, like he does. Gets that knock right on on the whistle there. And as we were saying, dead legs are the worst at the best of times, especially when you've got another 45 minutes at Anfield to play. Um, just hypothetically here, Kish, with your many stats and, and maps and things in your head, do you think that sort of TC switch then, given that opening 20 minutes when we were being battered, do you, do you think that would have made things a little bit more tricky? Because even at 90% mobility that Reed clearly was, he was still filling gaps left, right, and center through that that first half of the second half. First half of the second half, that sounds terrible, but you know what I mean. No, I know exactly what you mean. And I think that given the way the first half went, and I, I think it's I think it's important to make a distinction between between sitting back and, and being passive, right? We were sat back, but we were quite aggressive in how we were pressing them when they got further up the pitch. I think that changed slightly in the second half. Maybe there was a slight mentality shift. Maybe players were tired. But, you know, that's Reed was so fundamental to that. I think that there is a case that maybe Kearney should have come on a bit earlier, but I think it's a very bold manager who changes anything drastic at halftime, given how well things have been going. Um, and I think there was a there was a moment sort of five, ten minutes into that second half where you started to think Fulham are losing a bit of control here. The crowd were up for the first time. The waves of attacks were starting to come. Maybe there was a case to say, is it time to get on the ball a little bit more now? But, you know, hindsight's a great thing. How much of that do you think was introduction of Nunes and Gagpo? Jemek. clearly two players that they were wanting to try to keep in reserve for as long as possible but coming on yeah. so 10 minutes in that that was a statement of course it was I mean that's um, I, I, as people are saying I think it's right I mean it's 180 million pounds worth of substitution coming on I mean it's it's pretty intimidating um, <laughs> and I know Nunes gets a lot of uh, a lot of banter online for being quite rubbish but I, I think he's severely underrated and ever since so Vince, since he uh has now become a bit more of a left-sided forward. Like he now plays more or less as a left winger. He's, he did against Arsenal. He looks even better. Um, so those subs changed absolutely everything. And Gakpo is an amazing player as well. And uh, you know those substitutions really just were a very good contrast to what we couldn't offer. <laughs> because in this game we were just crying out for someone like I know obviously Iwobi's at Afcon. And I, I I know I know he's injured, but like someone like Adama Traore would have just been brilliant this game. We don't we don't have anyone. We've only got Willian, uh, Bobby Reed, and Wilson. Those are our only wingers at the moment, and it's it's such a shame that we're in this situation. We 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 needed to really upgrade on the Solomon thing from uh, last summer, and we, we just didn't. And it's it's just so annoying. What well, we thought we did with Traore anyway, but he's just been a complete sick note. So it, it's it's such a shame, and those. Those subs were just absolutely everything about those subs changed the game completely. The quality is just, it goes to show that how Kish was saying and how everyone was saying how we were worried about, we were, sorry, how we were confident rather that Liverpool Liverpool's injuries were going to do us a favour. But it actually goes to show that they still have absolute gold, gold dust on their bench. And it's just, we can't compete with that, with what we have really. And it's, it's. I'm just going to throw this out. The the player who we should not mention because he's a sod. Only lasted 56 minutes. So he didn't it. score. That's that. That's our. Yeah. That, that's our win right there. Yeah. That's that's it. Because if he scored, if he scored, it would have made it even worse. 
I, I mean, and look, I very much doubt we've got any Liverpool fans listening to us here, but I know there are a few people questioning why Fulham are so upset about said player. Um, yeah. It's not just that a young player went, young players go, young players get their heads turned, young players think about a contract that's going to change their lives, they might break their leg the next day. I get some of that, but there's a lot more to the story that um, you might want to have a look at if you want to understand why that strength of feeling's there and why when we open up the Premier League season against them last year, one of our former players got a very good reception and one of them really, really didn't. He genuinely said, fuck Fulham on his Snapchat. <laughs> let's just say how it is. That's just that, you know, that, yeah, that, that, That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just, that's just, you know, there's, I think we had a complete license to boo him. And also, I think he sold, didn't he sell some of his, he sold like some of his shirts on eBay and he got his girlfriend to do it for him. So he, the guy's a complete twat. I mean, you know, just get out, get in the bin, get in the seat. Mm. That that moment when him and, and Fab came to warm warm up in the Liverpool game last year was hilarious because the whole hammy end just gave Fab a standing ovation and then immediately went into the chant about Harvey Elliott, you're a C word, which was just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and then it was a good game as well. Um, let's let's get into it because to my mind it was deja vu all over again because very quickly things went wrong more than once. And that was very much like our league visit to them last month when it didn't really seem like we did much wrong. They just created an opportunity and took it and then they did it again. So, J-Mac, did we do something wrong? Because I I can't see it. I just thought they were two well-crafted opportunities that they just, they managed to take. So so this is the problem really, because as you've said already, and I don't, think anyone had a really bad game. I'm so proud of all the players that played. I'm so proud of, of the effort that was put in. The only thing that I can maybe say, and what was mentioned a lot in our group, is that everyone was mentioning how Tosin has a lot of mistakes in him in this game. Now, that being said, I still thought he was brilliant. Even my Liverpool associate next to me was kept on mentioning how impressive he thought Tosin was. So... It's just the mentality that we have of, and Marcus Silva mentioned this in the comments after the game, and something he's been trying to stamp out, of just conceding so quickly in succession after once already. And it's a really, really disgustingly annoying, filthy trait, which I'm so sick of watching. But it's just, I'm really, I'm at a loss to know really what went wrong other than what Kish implies with just us not pressing enough and running out of gas. I think... Also, what happens is the momentum shift of a goal that's a deflection can really start to play into the players' heads of, oh, well, here we go again sort of thing. I I don't know. It felt like we just... Maybe we did bottle a little bit mentally, but the result is still okay. But yeah, I I can't... Everyone played well. It's just... I don't know. I don't know what anyone else thinks, but I I can't really put my mark on it. Yeah, I think how Fulham deal with pressure and whether there's a, a tendency beyond this game for us to sort of let things get out of control slightly, I think is is a wider question. I think in this game, it's very hard to take a huge amount of, of fault on the on the players or even the tactics. I think the thing that we saw in this in the second half was a microcosm of where we are as a club this season, which is when Marco can get plan A on the pitch, plan A looks really good. When so a couple of those players have to come off because they've never started the game because they're injured or because they're tired and we need to bring on the subs, I think things fall apart very quickly because that depth of squad is not there. And if we have a look ahead to, to January business later in the pod, maybe that's that's something we can come back to because it feels like the options that Marco needs to get games over the line are not there. 
And even with the injuries and absentees, the options were there for Jurgen Klopp. And I think that's really what happened. Yeah. And, and, and I think it was, you know, it was Liverpool doing Liverpool things. It was good counter-press. It was got the ball, take the opportunities. We, we I've been purposely putting this off because I've jumped ahead in the timeline of the game to talk about Liverpool's goals because yeah. our group chat's been depressing as hell when it comes to poor old Bobby Reed and his two mates to his left. Um, who... <laughs> Who wants to take this who, one? Who he doesn't really like very much, clearly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and to be to be fair, I from where Kish and I sit in the hammy end, most of the time when Bobby gets the, the ball, everyone's shouting shoot at him. So he did. Great. Hammy end, H five. There you go. You you've got what you wanted. J Mac, what what was uh what did what did the poor lad do? He can't get anything right, can he? I just feel a bit bad for him and I'm sure he's he's a professional he's not going to feel like, he's not going to let all the noise get to him from this He it was right to start him I'll just say that first and foremost because of his form, especially at Rotherham and just, you know, actually if you look at how many I think he's one of our main Premier League goal scorers of the past few several years, but I don't know what the argument is that to be made that he actually technically might not... People might really think I'm clutching at straws here, but might not actually be able to see Pereira from the angle he's at. I don't know if I'm, I can tell I'm, I'm going really high-pitched at the end there, so I'm really <laughs> desperate to try and give him a chance. But I, I, I don't know if, if that is potentially an argument. And the other argument is that maybe the defender is going to get there. And the other argument is that maybe Andreas Pereira is going to completely sky it and not tap it in as everyone apparently can see the future and knows it's going to happen I I don't know it's it was just still a really a really really annoying thing because I feel like you shouldn't be taking a shot from there it took, for him to take a shot from there he's either thinking I'm going to risk it all and I'm going to be a hero here or he's thinking there's no one to pass it to or he's just an idiot but I really don't think he is but it's just Bobby the story of Bobby this game was frustrating because there was another amazing opportunity for a counter-attack where he just didn't go with the momentum at all and he just stumbled on and and that was a that that to me was more annoying than the pass actually yeah look i think if you if you show him that back he'll say oh, i should make a pass I, and and one of the things that's wonderful about bobby reed is that he's an incredibly unselfish player and he plays for the team and i i don't think it's my name up in lights i just i find that very out of character for him i think it's more likely that perhaps he didn't see the pass was on to the extent that it was I don't think it's necessarily a given. I mean, the idea that it was a tap-in if he sort of made the pass, I think is slightly overstated. It was a huge opportunity. If he had it again, I think he'd do it differently. But, I mean, it's the sort of thing that when you play in the way that Fulham did away at Anfield, you get very few opportunities. They come very quickly. They go very quickly. And the difference between the best players in the world and, sadly, the players that play for our beloved club is getting it right in that situation. And, he didn't get it right, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to call him out for it. He's Bobby Reed. He's a lovely, lovely man, and he does great things for our football team. The hypothetical situation that everyone's going through, and I'll just ask you guys now: if we do make that two nil, we win the game, right? Is is that is that is that the general feeling? I mean, I think everyone no, not from you, but I, I, don't know. I, I think people think they might. What do you think? I, I, I still. It's Liverpool. They've still mm. got snappy things i i think i think it wouldn't have changed how they were attacking you know mm. they that's that's the thing because you know the um the, the the league game as well 
they just kept up the pressure and that it's a true side you know true sign of a clock team isn't it you know they they clearly got the bollocking at half time and they came out of came out of it and they knew if they kept going something would happen um it would be nice to to sit here and say yeah we have bobby squares that and Pereira remembers how to strike a ball cleanly. It, mm. It's all good because that's that's the other thing. Um, he, he's not exactly been. <laughs> he's not poor. Poor old Andreas hasn't exactly been setting the world on fire when he when he's in that sort of yeah spot. So if everyone was doing their normal thing, Bobby would make the pass. He's unselfish, and Andreas Pereira would hit the bar because that's what all of his shots <laughs> seem to do. The poor man, even when he hits them well. Yeah, so true. That's so true. I um, it, it, it's just. It, I, I don't think that is the main problem. And I think it's obviously the headline for us and it seems very Fulhamish, et cetera, et cetera. That it, and that's the problem. That, that was the main reason we didn't win. But there, as you say, Boney, Liverpool were always coming at us and I, I don't think that it was a complete given and we didn't have the God right to win that game even if it had gone in. So, you know, Liverpool are scoring all their goals apparently at the moment statistically after around 75 minutes. I mean, and, and, and lo and behold, it, it fucking happened. But yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel bad for Bobby. Um, but I think he definitely, as we'll come on to with the, the positivity, he, he can have an opportunity to still be a hero in the next couple of weeks. The, the last thing I'd say on Bobby is just that. The other thing I think is worth bearing in mind is that the, the lack of numbers in the squad, the lack of options in the squad. We're asking Bobby to do a lot more than we normally ask Bobby to do, right? He's, yeah, he's playing, playing wing-back as fact, well, for God's sake. He's playing de facto wing-back against Arsenal. He plays off the left and gets the goal against Rotherham. We ask him to start again back on the right, where I think he's better, by the way, um, against Liverpool. You know, there's not been a huge amount of let-up. Um, and again, it's a sort of... It's it's a shame that Marco hasn't got a few more tools in his armoury, because I think if he did... This could be a, this could have been a hell of a season, and you know it still might be. But there's just key moments where you think, oh, a little bit more to get us over the line, and we'd be in a really, really good place. I I, th- I think one of the signs of what our season has been like, and these but both both these these years we we've had in the in the Premier League now, is this year we've gone to Anfield twice, and we've come away annoyed that we've lost. Yeah. It's in in the past for for many many years. Me being slightly older than you two, you go to Anfield, you get away from there without a four nil loss. You're quite happy. Um, but we've had two games in quick succession where we are ruining missed opportunities. Now bringing them back to the cottage for our first semi final there in a long while, when we're only a goal down, that starts bringing back memories of incredible things happening in that place midweek under the lights how are we feeling going into the second leg because I'm, I'm quite positive i think i've probably jinxed it because i've i've i grabbed a couple seats in the riverside because i've not been over there yet so i thought yeah why why not good game to do it yeah yeah the last time i sat on that side of the ground was the hamburg second leg Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay. so I, I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that until after the game yesterday, and I thought, oh, oh hmm. mm. and then everyone started going on about stand up if you still believe, which became an overused thing. But anyways, um, yeah. Kish, what, what, what do you, what do you, what are your feelings going in? Because we've got, we've got a nice break now, because beating Rotherham means there's no replay. We've got Chelsea on Saturday, which we'll get to in a minute, and then we've got a nice break. Um, to just let people go on, you know, go to Dubai, 
have a few cocktails, get some sun, um, and then come back and focus on that game. Yeah, look, we're, we're very much in the tie. Um, I think when Fulham play the way they want to and they get it right, they can, they can, they can beat anyone at the cottage. And I think the Arsenal game has, has brought that belief back that even the bigger sides, when we play the way we want to do, we can, we can get a job done. I think winning by two goals is a big ask against this Liverpool side. I think winning by one goal and getting through on penalties feels like a good route to me. Um, I'd expect us to have a lot more of the ball. I'd expect us to have, to have a bit more of a go. And I think, look, it's set up for a way that everybody who doesn't work on Wednesday nights and gets to go to the cottage to watch that game have go with a sense that this could be on. And that's what you want. You know, you want to be in semi-finals. You want to be playing against the best teams in the country. You want to think that you can get it over the line. And, you know, if we play like we played against Arsenal, why can't we do that? Of course we can. It... <laughs> It, 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 this just to me feels like something really, really magical can happen still. Um, it, I know we're losing 2-1. I know it's Liverpool. And as Kish says, our record is really good um, at the cottage. And if we can do what we can against Arsenal, yada, yada. But all it takes, if we score first and early, it's completely and utterly on. Do you know what I mean? It's just like if we, if we score early in, the say, the 14th minute, it completely changes, and we can absolutely then score another one. I, I, I'm completely convinced by it. The only thing you could look at is maybe Allison might be back. I imagine Klopp probably will play Allison, and also we know what Liverpool can do when they like to get defensive. They did it throughout the whole time at the Emirates last week against Arsenal. So it, it, look, it's not going to be easy at all if we can just get our house in order and stop. Raul Jimenez stop fucking Raboneering everything, then I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Fast Rabona, I'm going to start calling him soon. It's just like ridiculous. I mean, just the amount of like, I mean, I, sorry, just to go back, the, the Bobby thing was annoying, yes, but I found, I found his Rabona cross the most annoying thing I've seen on TV for quite a long time. Just the time he had, the unnecessariness, that's not a word, but the, that's how angry I am. This, the complete <laughs> unnecessariness of it was really, really annoying. But, um, Look, wait, I'm going to counter that. God, that that's the sign of a man who's high on life. Yeah, yeah. this is the Raul Jimenez we want. Yes, he's going to do something silly like that. But compared to the guy we had at the beginning of the season. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to say it again. I did say he was going to come good. You did, you did. But I mean, he's always been a bit like that. He's always been a bit wacky. I mean, he was doing like bicycle kicks even early on in the season. So he's just he's just a bit mental, really. But look, I think we can absolutely 100% do it. Um, it just takes an early goal and it takes us with a really good game plan, which Silva usually has. And I, one thing I will say, it came up on Who's School, which I found really quite, just, just put my hairs on end a little bit. It says, since the start of last season, no team has missed more Premier League penalties than Liverpool. Now, I know that's Premier League. Oh, but, don't say but, things like that. So, oh. if, so if we can take it to... All, all your hands... All your head is in your hands right now. But, like, if we can take it to penalties, then, you know, that that would be nice too. I'm going to be sat there watching the penalties in that news, fancy news stand with seeing us miss every single one of them. And I am going to be cursing your name. Fair enough. That's fine. <laughs> uh, talking about penalties, just because you mentioned the Rabona as well. Maybe the Raul Rabonas is the equivalent of the Mitro Pence. It's like the thing that's quite annoying that you have to yeah. embrace <laughs> to have a happy, confident striker. And to be honest, yeah. the Rabonas are less damaging than the big Serbian missing penalties all the time. So if that's the sacrifice we have to make, I'm all here for it. Um, yeah, here, here. Carry on, Raul. Why not? <laughs> 
Speaking of sacrifices, um, we're slumming it on Saturday morning by going to the the less posh end of the the King's Road, um, <laughs> and I I I will once again be be there in in, in the wrong part of the ground. Uh, but what what will you do? We have Chelsea, and this the thing that made me smile this week was completely ignoring the other semi final of this until. I saw the final score and fair play to Middlesbrough for the, after all of the hype of the, the, the Sunderland Newcastle game, the, the sort of forgotten team in the Northwest putting one over on that lot from up the road. Mm. That's good fun. I'm feeling good about this one, boys. And I know that's probably jinxing it, but I, I it, it, yeah. they're not very good. When was the last time we beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge? And that's not me kept being a dick, counteracting your point. So I, I'm not saying suddenly to wake up everyone, think about the stats. I'm actually genuinely asking a question because I, it's been, I think it is a very good time to do it, 100%. I'm just trying to figure out how long ago it was and how much we can celebrate and look at the record when we've done it. On, on I, I, I've purposefully not looked it up. Fair enough. Fair enough. Kish's head's down. He's, he's doing the Googling. I honestly can't remember, and that's a really bad sign because, like, we're not all the youngest, right? Um, yeah. Look, and also, I'll have a look. I'm, Keep I'm talking. Just, <laughs> I'm also just instinctively, I'm instinctively very worried about any game in which I think Fulham should win because I feel that we talked about our our sort of struggle dealing with pressure. I also think Fulham aren't great when they think they should win a football game. I feel that's not that's not our happy place. Um, As anyone who was at the Rotherham Cup game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. for our sins, you know, Rotherham, Burnley and the rest. Um, but yeah, look, I think it's a, it's a really, really big opportunity. Um, there are there are bits of that Chelsea team that you think you can really get at and the, the pressure is on for them. They need they need a result and they'll, they're, they'll be expecting a result at home. Um, so look, in a way, I'm, I'm glad that TC's rested his legs up a bit and we can we can deploy him on on full tilt, hopefully at the at the weekend and go in with a bit of confidence and see what we can do. The reason we lost the Burnley game was your fault, Kish. Yeah, I brought I brought visitors to the cottage. I brought a visitor to the cottage on on the Rotherham game as well, actually. So you can blame oh. me for that as well. Um, I, I couldn't get a ticket, so I'm not bringing anyone to, to Chelsea. So you're clear. Let's see if let's see if we're we're fixed. Um, the the one concern I have for this game is just I feel like we've seen already how how good Calvin Bassey was before he before he departed, and I think in in all the sort of the joy of seeing Tosin back and spraying passes around and TC back in the team and spraying passes around sort of how assured Bassi looked back on his favoured left-hand side, maybe went slightly under the radar. And I think watching the game back from last night, I think we missed him last night and I hope we don't miss him too much at the weekend, but yeah, it's a real opportunity. Uh, so breaking news, um, <laughs> 27th <laughs> of October, 1979. Well, no wonder we didn't remember it. I mean, Division Two. <laughs> but I, 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 I do think I we was, do I was two months old. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I, uh, I was not born. <laughs> yeah, I was just a sparkle in my dad's eye. That was, that was about it. I think I've got to say, I, I think it makes you wonder what our game plan is going to be because, like I said, we only have three wingers at the moment, and I, I feel like Willian needs a rest, a hundred percent. I don't know if there's an. This is where I get a bit wacky, and you say like, "Well, could we maybe play five at the back and just play wing backs in this game?" We're not going to do that. We're going to play the way we usually do. I just think this could be a game because of the really the stakes that we've just had last night. 
we could, we could see Sasa Lukic come on. Although saying that, I thought Sasa Lukic was about as useful as a tub of vanilla ice cream last night. I didn't think he was very... But I, I feel bad. Uh, I mean, yeah, everyone likes a vanilla ice cream with something, you know, like with, with apple pie or with like some cake, but you don't just have it on its own. But I mean, I feel like, I don't know why I'm going with this, but Sasalukic, <laughs> Sasalukic, I really want to get on board with, but I just, I don't know if he's going to be, hey, he might be actually very good next to Pellini. He was very good next to Pellini when we drew against Arsenal 2 2. I'm predicting actually a bit of a draw this game. I think it could be something like 1 1. I mean, I think I say the same thing before every Fulham game at the moment. I, I don't see Marco rotating, rotating massively. I think we might mm. see Kenny Tete because he's not played much football. Um, I think we might see a bit of Harry Wilson just because, like you said, the wingers are a bit tired. I'd expect to see Tom Kearney and Jarpolinia sat together in the centre of midfield and Fulham thinking we've got a bit of a break coming up. Let's go and try and beat our rivals. But, you know, perhaps if we had a few more options in the squad, we'd be able to rotate more. But as it stands, I think he's got so much faith in in his preferred options, I'd, I'd be very surprised to see the likes of Lukic come in. And I think, you know, that's why some of the rumours around transfers and the suggestions that Fulham are holding off on transfers, perhaps out of fear of some financial fair play stuff rolling in the background for lots of teams, is interesting. Because I think in a normal January, perhaps a midfielder comes in, perhaps Lukic makes his way, perhaps it still happens. But he doesn't seem to be a preferred option at the moment. That, that's that's a nice segue into the transfer thing because it's been. Do, here's a question. This is something that I've been meaning to ask you guys: Is do you think the Everton thing has put everybody on notice to be very very careful this January? Because it's been incredibly quiet. Normally, there's a couple of big ones first first week in, then it's quiet a bit, and then towards the end of the month, you you get the usual. <laughs> Tony Khan panic and uh, yeah. you start seeing things happen. Jack, do you, do, you, do you think there's there's probably something in it with everyone saying, oh, they've pulled the trigger quickly on that. Maybe we just try to see this one through. Uh, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into this too much because I'll sound like an idiot and people just, I, I probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, th- don't worry. It's my job to be the idiot this week. That's fine. But, but I mean... It, I feel like people have known about this for quite a while. Uh, the owners have known about this for quite a while. Um, I, I feel like potentially you've now got some news that Wolves are facing a serious risk of having a point deduction as well. Um, and I think I saw something about actually uh, in The Athletic just now that actually they're not going to release um, the profits and the disproportions until the end of the season, arguably. So I, I don't really know what that necessarily means for us, but I, I, you can see that now there are rumours that we've pulled out of the Andre deal, and that was because apparently they were making up some hoo-ha that that's because Paulinho isn't going anywhere. I think we were always going to try and get Andre with Paulinho still with us, and the idea was to have him as the future as the future replacement. But yeah, I, I don't. I, I, it just it really boggles me of what on earth is going on. Um, I feel like we're playing it very safe. I want, I'm starting to wonder if all these ticket prices that have gone up is something to do with us trying to make sure we can look look at us with all our revenue. Look, we have as much revenue as possible from our match day tickets that shows that we aren't going to be at risk of all this shit. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's a, it's it's quite worrying, and I think we'll probably very likely attack the loan market. I mean, there's there's two ways of looking at it. Either there, there there is a problem, or it's a wonderful fake problem to to justify the owners not not investing massively. I mean, look, J- January is always a, a balance of risk and reward as well. You can you could very easily 
ruin things in January by tying yourself down to, to big deals for players who perhaps aren't the right fit. So I feel that's always the case. I feel it's always a it's always a sort of a loan market for Fulham. The only thing that I had in the back of my mind earlier in the season is that it's the perfect time to buy from South America because it's the end of their season and Marco loves himself a Brazilian. Um, Andre already being being mentioned and people keep on tweeting me saying oh look at how Tom Kearney plays wouldn't Andre be a perfect fit for that and I'm like yeah he probably would but I can't think about it because it's too tantalising a thought for the nerds have been watching Fluminense for the last year um, yeah look, I think what we really need from this from this transfer period is I think we need another option on the wings because I don't believe Adama Troy is real um, I think he is a computer <laughs> simulation um, I think he is AI that's gone out of control and, um, and we need it we need a a human being who can who can play football. Um, sorry, Hadama. I used to love you on FIFA, but we yeah we we need another winger option. Um, and there's lots of names you could float around for for potential loans. Um, I when when Fabio was still on the market, Fabio Carvalho, I thought of him as a as a left sided option rather than a, an Andreas Pereira stand in first and foremost. Um, but there are other players out there that I'm sure we're we're looking at to try and try and do that if we're not spending big money. I mean, I could imagine someone like Emil Smith-Rowe from Arsenal would be a really oh. good signing like that. You know, or even Reese Nelson, or they won't get him. Another one I saw who was available for loan, I think would be quite interesting due to his directness, um, according to my Man United friend. They don't really know what they're talking about. They say, oh, he's very direct. You know, you know I'm just, and I'm just plagiarising that and bringing on here. I was, oh, J-Man knows what he's talking about. He's very direct. It's a rubbish you, you, you can be direct. <laughs> you can. He's such a direct <laughs> player. But yeah, a Palestri from United could be a good loan option as well. But yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted you there, Bernie, before... Uh, no, no, that was that was the sort of thing I was going to be heading down because the, the the Andre thing I find very, very interesting because everyone's been going on around, if Polinia leaves, Andre's up. Andre's not that player. He is very much not. And my only concern with, with him coming in now and being the hypothetical of having to throw him in is he's played a lot of football already. Um, and that's always the, the downside of a, a January Brazilian is, you know, it's it's holiday time, but you've suddenly got another six months worth of, of, of football for them as well, which is always yeah. um, a, a concern I have. But yeah, was it last January we brought in Lukic and he's he's – He's sort of a square peg in a round hole at the moment, isn't he? Because he, he he doesn't really quite fit in any of those midfield spots, does he? And that's Not yet, no. I, I feel I feel for him because he he is a player. He was he was really good in Italy, um, but yeah, this 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 is the thing. This is a weird window, and again, yeah, what are we? I've got the table up here. We're nine nine points clear. Of Luton Luton have a game in hand on that, but it's one of those years where. There's clearly four teams worse than us. Thankfully, one of them is Brentford. So, <laughs> yeah, who the four? Eh, the best run club in the world doing badly. It's brilliant. I, I think we're going to need our Dan James, aren't we? Like that sort of signing. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it will be. Hopefully, it's a bit better than Dan James. Or, you know, despite yeah, maybe the maybe work he did at Everton, maybe Palistri does fit that that kind of bill. Um, I mean, when Man United fans say that he's more direct, I don't just mean he's not Anthony, so he can actually sort of run straight I from think that's the it, sideways. Yeah. <laughs> he's not time. shit. Um, my, my, my dad's a Man United fan. A lot of my, my friends are United fans, and they are they are not happy with the aforementioned Anthony. So I think that's what they mean by he's direct. He actually does things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it, it's going to be really, really weird with what we do, of what we actually have like available to us 
I think we've been linked with, um, oh, I can't, I can't, I think it was Razo or Russo, some player from some Paraguayan winger who I think Everton are looking at as well. I, I know nothing about this guy, you know, like all of us here, but I will say that I think it's we're going to do something because there's now a lot of smoke around Muniz being loaned out to the QPR or Bristol City in the Championship, and there's still that. Vinicius, who is being tipped for, I think it's a Brazilian club, it begins with a B, I can't remember exactly what it is, and he didn't come on at all last night. So I, I think there's still going to be a striker happening. Just Was it Borsa Svega? I can't remember. It's something it's like... Borsa Svega or Bahia? Bahia, that's Bahia. it. That's, that's it, it. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Just... it, it feels like he's on his way out, doesn't it, Vinny? I mean, we haven't seen him. I mean, I think that's his, that, that finish against Rotherham that wasn't the finish feels like a perfect last time that was bad. Vinicius at Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> To, to be to be fair, I was I was playing seven aside on Monday night, and I found myself in that Vinicius position. And <laughs> you know, just before you strike the ball, you, there's that moment of you you know what's going to happen. And I just saw that, and I did exactly the same thing, and I just started laughing. Oh right, you nearly scored. I thought you meant position as in you nearly just took someone's head off with your fucking hand or something like that. You that I, I did, I did that. Someone. I. I did that as well, being the, the brutal defender. The the one rumor which I may have started, but I like, is the um, the Wilfred Notto one from from Leeds. I yeah, know that sort of popped up. I would be all over that. He's you know, yes, he's not having the happiest of times um, there, but the guy's a player, and I think he's he he would fit in quite nicely. He um, was also at the cottage recently, um, a few months ago. He was um, mm. he was he was in attendance. I don't know if that means anything. I mean, apparently, you know, Ali um, Ali McIntosh was in attendance in Brazil to make the, to make the on-trade deal. Fucking happen. That didn't, yeah. so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rely on anything anything to do with that. But you know, I, I, I do I do love the sort of player scene at Cottage player signing for Fulham thing. I think the Manny Matic came to visit Willian and suddenly Twitter thought he was that's right. He was coming yeah. in to replace Trapolinio, which I really hope isn't <laughs> happening. Uh Nonto would be great. I presume Leeds would want some proper money for him, not on the basis of this season, but on the basis of just how good he looked last year. Um I don't know if there's a deal to be done, but I'd be very, very excited to see him at the cottage. I think that the the thing that that worries me not just about numbers out wide, but what we're missing out wide I think we're a bit one-paced other than Robinson. I think we need a little bit more we need a little bit more speed and I think yeah. very few players can offer an outlet in the way Willian does when he's not there. So if you could find a player who could do a little bit of both um, which I think Monto would that would be very very useful. Well we do we do have speed. He's just disappeared. Yeah. A muscle injury is it? Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. So yeah, many muscles. <laughs> too many there's, too many there's a, there's a lot of muscles yeah I, either that or there's a baby oil shortage and yeah that, that that's that sort of the thing anyways gents i think that's probably a good place to wrap up Let, let's let's do this how sort of thumbs up thumbs down do we feel good for saturday i'm saying yes which means we're going to get screwed over because i've said yes J mac how are you feeling i'm feeling quite confident i don't think the result that's happened with Liverpool just now is going to cause a hangover. I really don't. I think if we lose against Liverpool at the Cottage, then yeah, we could have a few, two or three games where we just sulk and have a bit of a, a dip in form. But I, I think there's a lot to be, I think there's a lot to be encouraged by from what we did at Liverpool, in spite of the fact that we bottled it or whatever and, and you know, dropped the lead. Our organisation and how we played, if we just play like that again, at Stamford Bridge, I'm I'm more than confident we can at least get a point. But obviously, a historic win would be phenomenal as well. 
Yes. So, yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up for me. I think we're we're in with a we're in with a good shout. Um, like a lot of Fulham games, I think how we start and where that first goal goes is going to make a is going to make a huge difference. But it's nice to go to the bridge thinking you've you've got a chance to do something, and that's that's where we are, and that's where they are. So bring it on. Injure Cole Palmer. That's all I say. Injure him. He's he's, <laughs> he's absolutely a menace. The guy's brilliant at the moment. He needs he needs to be taken out. Someone do it. Polinia, kill him. Which maybe not kill, but you know. Bit of ABH might not be it. <laughs> just maim slightly. Yeah. Yes. It, to, yeah. I'm. I'm. I need to gen up on Chelsea because I don't have the faintest idea who most of their players are anymore. That yeah. You know, Cole Palmer I know, um, and the other guy Sterling. Oh, Sterling. Well. Yeah, Sterling. Uh, Reese. Reese James, but he's not going to play because he's he's probably in two bits in a, in a couple buckets somewhere trying to be put back together. <laughs> Pochettino keeps on playing Levi Colwell at left back, which seems to wind up their fan base. I mean, he sits at left back, but he is a left back. He also doesn't like defending out wide. Um, wonder if we see Harry Wilson on the right <laughs> to give him a little bit of a challenge, um, a bit more, a bit more of an attacking option, but. Um, as long as Harry doesn't have to take a free kick, we'll be all right. <laughs> what if happened? We, he, he used to be so good at them. If we, if Marcus Bettinelli is on the bench, obviously not starting, don't be stupid, but if he's there, do you reckon, will everyone be nice about Marcus Bettinelli? I don't know. He's gone to Chelsea, but at least he, uh, it wouldn't be like he would not be named who went to Liverpool, would it? That would be quite a nice, I mean, I don't think he'd get any booze or anything like that. No, he'd, he'd get a he'd get a clap for all bets when he. Anyways. He's played a blinder. He's getting paid more money than anyone else in our Fulham team for not playing. Probably it's credible. Being the third goalkeeper at a big side is a lovely old life, isn't it? Fair play to the man. Yeah, hundred percent. Who who was the Fulham keeper that went to City to be like the third? Was it City the third choice? Oh, it, uh, and won won the league. Um, or it might have been Chelsea. Um, oh, it was it was. Um, the Australian, help me out. Mark he, he went to Schwarzer went to Chelsea. Mourinho took him. Yeah, that was it. Mm. And and got a league title. And uh, it's bizarre, yeah. And then didn't didn't play a game. No, hold on, because then he did it at Leicester. Then he went to Leicester as a sub, yes. and he won a second. One. That was <laughs> that was it. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> the swine. Yeah, there we go. So that, that, that's that's a, that's a good place to 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 wind everybody up as we we. We, we wrap up here. We will be back next week to talk all things Chelsea and then probably go on holiday as well as everybody else is. In the, unless something major happens, we'll probably take a break. But that's up to the boss. Kish, J-Mac, thank you so much for joining me. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. You are always welcome. Get in touch with us on our socials. We'll be doing more of the Fulham in Focus things as well coming up possibly after that historic Chelsea. Chelsea defeat Chelsea defeat full and victory let's put it like that on Saturday I've been Boney thanks a lot everybody do take care of yourselves